All right. All those who are kindergarten through fifth grade, if you guys would like to make your way to the front, come on forward. And those who are three, four, and five-year-olds, if you'd make your way to the, to the back, your teacher will meet you there, take you back to where your class is. Oh man, the rain is good. As you're sitting there with wet heads, unless you had an umbrella, the rain is good. We've, we've been needing this, I know. So, and it's supposed to do this all day. So we do, we do have umbrellas here. And if we were really sharp, I grabbed an umbrella, but you know, someone made it to the door before I could get it to them. So if anybody needs an umbrella and it's really coming down, a couple options. You know, you're welcome to use the carport area. So if any gentleman who might be driving your vehicle would go get your vehicle and bring it under there, ladies, you don't have to get wet. Now, some of you guys just, oh, go ahead and get wet, but I know how that works. Anyway, it's good to see you this morning. Uh, hope, hope that you got uh, opportunities to be with family this week, Thanksgiving coming up and, and all that. Um, I, I'm going to dive in this morning. We're, we're in the book of Acts. That's, that's been our book. So if you want to open Acts chapter 16, that's what we're going to be uh, looking at uh, this morning, a portion of that, just five verses actually. But, but that book of Acts is a book about the action of the, whole, uh, the, action of, of the apostles and all throughout. So what have we been seeing? I mean, we're in chapter 16, and, and something we're going to continue to see is the spread of the gospel, right? That predominant theme that's going on is, is through the apostles, through the, the, the church, uh, the continued spreading of the gospel is, is taking place. And it, it's, it's just fun to watch. It, it's just really neat to see. Chapter 16. In chapter 16, there are two conversion stories, specifically two conversion stories that we're going to be looking at. Uh, one this coming uh, today, and then, then uh, the next uh, we'll, we'll deal with next week. I, I've kind of trimmed it down. Uh, one thing that came to my mind is something I, I, I say often. Matter of fact, I know I say it often because some of you have repeated it to me. Uh, and, and it's just basically this. We don't want to be comfortable. As a church, we don't want to be comfortable. We, we want to be dry. Everybody? Okay. We'd like to be dry. That's comfortable. But overall, we don't want to be comfortable because we're called to that same purpose that we see being carried out throughout the book of Acts. That is to continue to send out, continue to, to share that gospel message with others. And if we're comfortable, then, then the good, good chance is the reason we're comfortable is because we're not on mission. Anybody who's on mission, who's focused on that, the wheels are turning and thinking, well, who else or how else can we be sharing that precious message of Jesus Christ with those around us who have not heard? Uh, boy, they were very active throughout the book of Acts, and we're seeing that. We're going to look at that. Uh, A.J. Gordon. A.J. Gordon, uh, who, he was, he was a Baptist minister. Uh, if you're familiar with Gordon Conwell, the theological seminary out East Coast, he is the Gordon of Gordon and Conwell. Anyway, he, I read a quote from him this week uh, that he says it in different terms concerning the church and their responsibility. And he refers it to, to like a church that is dead. 
So listen, listen to what he says. He says, ecclesiastical corpses lie all about us. The caskets in which they repose, that is rest, are lined with satin and are decorated with flowers. Like the other caskets, they are just large enough for their own occupants with no room for converts. These churches have died of respectability and have, and have been embalmed in self-complacency. I would say comfort, okay? If, by the grace of God, our church is alive, be warned of our opportunity or the... Be warned of our opportunity, or the feet of them that buried thy sisters will be at the door to carry thee out, or carry you out. Uh, basically, he's saying, man, a church that is not involved in, in converting or in spreading the message of Jesus Christ is, is, is dead, is dead. And, and I think that warning is, is something that we need to pay heed to. It is easy for us to embrace Sunday mornings and gather together and enjoy each other, right? It is so easy for us to enjoy this and other times where we could gather together with believers. But if our hearts not, are not set upon the mission that has been, been so clearly declared, if our hearts aren't set upon winning others to Christ, then, then we, we are dead, then, then this church is like a corpse that is beautifully adorned all around us, and it just feels good, and we're comfortable. So, wow, that's, that's a, a pretty heavy way to start, Ronnie. <laughs> I thought about that, but I, I want you to know that because I do believe that's in the heart of the congregation. The heart of the congregation needs to be, we want to spread the message of Jesus Christ. Okay, there's a few. Okay, good, 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 good. You're with me. So in this opportunity of, of being able to read through chapter 16, a couple places where there are some conversion stories, that, that's where we are today. Uh, again, just to remind you where we were last week, and then we're going to pick up on verse uh, 11 uh, of chapter 16. Here, here's what we see happening. Uh, again, we watched them through a lot of travels, and, and them is Paul, and let's see, Paul and Silas, and then they picked up Timothy, and along with them, who's not named, but the one who is writing all this information is Luke. So there's a team of four who are traveling, and they go from Troas and they make their way to Philippi. So you're going to hear that in the beginning uh, couple of verses. And then this real simple story of this lady, Lydia, coming to believe in Jesus. All right, chapter 16. There it is. All right. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace. Samothrace is an island. So in between Troas and, and Neapolis, uh, they, 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 you know, Drawed anchor there at that island, spent the night there, and then from uh, then Samotris, and, sent, and, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, about a 10-mile walk from, from Neapolis to Philippi. Uh, and here's the details about Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this in this city some days. Just, just to think about Philippi. Philippi, this Roman colony, 
uh, it seems to be their, their mode of operation. They're going to, to large, large cities, a lot of large cities. Uh, remember last week, the last part of the verses that we read, there was a, vi- there was a vision that Paul had. Someone coming and saying, hey, we need help in Macedonia. And so the next day they set sail uh, to, to, uh, to, to be at Philippi. So they are, they are following the direction of, of, of God and his Holy Spirit to uh, uh, continue this work. Um, each city, each city that they enter into is a new opportunity for the gospel to be spread. Hasn't been there, or, or at least the message of Jesus has not been there. So each city they enter into is a new opportunity to hear about Jesus. Therefore, from this passage, I know it's really simple. We've been going through a lot of verses. I thought it'd be nice to take more of a spoonful today. And, and in that, in that I, I think there are some things that will encourage us in each of our calls to spread that gospel message. Uh, there's some approaches I, I want us to, to take. First of all, I, I do believe this is true, that every believer needs to take that first step in spreading the gospel. All of us, all, all of us, ought to have that in our minds, and and even have had opportunity. The truth is, some of us have not been real aggressive at doing that, or some of us might not have even taken that first step. So I especially want to encourage us that there are some approaches that these guys are doing, these these apostles, and and these leaders are doing that that might give us some encouragement. In, in doing what we're called to do, and that's sharing this gospel message. The first approach is this. First of all, begin looking for those who will listen. Now, if you're going to talk to somebody, you want someone who listens or is going to engage and have questions. Where do you find those people? Where do you find those people? First of all, let's think about the strategy that's going on here in the book of Acts. Uh, strategy for Paul and whoever's traveling with him is to go where first? It's to go into the synagogue within the city. We saw it early in the first trip. They went into the synagogue uh, in Antioch and in Lystra and, and Derby and Iconium, all those cities. They went into the synagogue first. And why? Well, Paul always said, matter of fact, in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is salvation to those who believe. And, and then he said, first to the Jew and then the Gentile, he, or Greek. And, and each time, he said that in several places. So there was still this passion. Although he was called to the Gentiles, he continued to want to take this message of Jesus as their Messiah uh, to the Jews. So Jews are in the synagogues. But in Antioch, something, something that I saw that I, boy, continues to, to, to see part of their tactics. It wasn't just Jews in there. It was the proselytes, those who were Gentiles who were embracing Judaism. I mean, they're embracing everything, the circumcision, following after Moses' laws. But in Antioch, we also saw that there were God-fearers. If you, if you were with us, remember, uh, especially when they were in Antioch, we talked about God-fearers. There are those who are being attracted to, uh, to, to God of the Jews, and, and they are beginning to follow and lead. They haven't taken that step to be, you know, to, to go through circumcision and other things, but they are very attracted and interested in, in, in the God of the Jews. 
And so as they go into any, any of the synagogues, they're speaking not only to Jews but to Gentiles as well as they're gathered together and, and who have already uh, are given God their attention. They're paying attention to what God has to say. So what a great place for these guys to go in and begin to talk about Jesus. And when I say Jesus, Jesus is what God has most recently done for them. In, in the coming of Jesus, here he is, the Son of God has come. And so that's the message that, that they are, have the opportunity to speak about. In this passage, though, they didn't go to a synagogue. They, didn't, they, they went to a place of prayer is what the Scripture says. And matter of fact, Luke says that, that we went out outside the city supposing this is where people might be gathering a place of prayer. Uh, it, it's pretty much well known uh, amongst a lot, of, a lot of commentaries that basically what they say is there was no synagogue in, in Philippi, this predominantly Roman city. And, and matter of fact, uh, one of the things it said, one of the customs of the Jews is that if there were 10 Jewish men within Philippi, there would have been a, a synagogue built, but no synagogue there were not, not many Jews there. And when they went out to a place of prayer, what did they find? They find a, a group of ladies gathered there to pray, to worship on that Sabbath day. Now, they weren't predominantly Jews either. Uh, Lydia herself was a Gentile. And so when, when they approached, they began to tell them and even uh, to tell them more than they knew and found out, uh, through Judaism. It's, it's thought that Lydia probably came to know God in her own hometown of Thyatira, where there was a synagogue. And, and so uh, as, as she went to town and others who were coming to know God, they would gather outside and, and prayer. But they had their minds and hearts set upon God. Therefore, when Paul and, and these other men came, Paul and his team came, that they then had this opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Can you imagine that? Oh, oh we know that God created. We know that he is the God of Israel and, and, and that the amazing things that he has done, that he is the one and only God. And, and that as, as, they, as he had the, the opportunity to preach, uh, he introduced them to Jesus and his coming. And that the fact that it's through Jesus that all people, Jews and Gentiles, now receive forgiveness, no longer through the law. And so, into uh, the story, that was, that was all that it took for Lydia to receive Jesus and to be baptized. Um, how do we start? I, I, there's, there's that strategy. Each time they went into a new city, that would be a little scary, right? But they always had that strategy. We'll go into the synagogue. We'll go into the synagogue. That was always the first place. And, and when they went into the synagogue, sometimes they were rejected. But, but there was someone who, who might have listened. It was a great beginning, a great place to, to, to establish a foothold, to have a beginning to spreading that gospel out. Or, or if they were rejected, they went to the marketplace. We'll see that later on. But, but where do we have... You know, where do we begin? Where do we begin to look as we strategize? Who is going to listen? Uh, I, I think, of course, the place to go is family. Family, neighbors, other acquaintances, places where we frequent. Uh, uh, you know, man, if you're a bowler and you're in the bowling alley, bowling league, there's, there's those acquaintances. There's others that, that you spend time with. 
You have to identify who are those people who would be interested in this message of Jesus. And you begin there. How do you begin? I do believe it starts with asking questions. A great place is, let me, let me find out where you're coming from. You know, do you believe in God? Or even better yet, what do you believe about God? And, and I mean, the answer is, of course, whatever direction you're going to take is according to the answer. Well, no, I don't believe in God. Well, why? You know, the questions continue to flow and, and, and you could continue to move. The whole opportunity ought to lead to this place of introducing them to what God has done through Jesus Christ, the forgiveness. I do believe that every time we have someone that we're talking to and, and sharing with, uh, our story ought to be a part of that, right? Because you've come to know Jesus. You've, he, he's caught your attention. And so what do you do with that? Well, I, I do encourage you that if you haven't done this yet, write out your story. Write, it, you know, write out the details. Write that moment when God began to get your attention and, and draw you to him. Uh, maybe write down the scriptures that, oh, you said, wow, where you, you finally begin to embrace and understand Jesus. And that moment when you said, that's it, I'm, I'm surrendering everything, I'm going to receive Jesus as my Savior. You know, be able to share those details with other people. You have a story you already know. You don't, I know, I know the temptation is, I don't know enough yet, right? I, well, I just don't know enough yet. It's funny how long we could be in church and, and not know enough yet. Some of you understand that. Yeah, we could be in church a long time. Well, I just don't know enough yet. But the truth is, when we become active in sharing, we, we begin learning. We be, anytime someone goes into a classroom and teaching, you learn. When you go out with the purpose of sharing the gospel with someone, you're learning. And, and when you're applying that gospel that you've received and sharing it with others, you're going to know that gospel. So we're encouraged. We're definitely encouraged. Man, start. Man, make that first step with someone uh, who you, who you uh, know is, is willing to listen. Again, how do you find those people? How do you find those people? I did think about the parable of the sower that Jesus told. Do you remember the parable of the sower? Uh, a, a sower goes out in the field to plant, and he flings the seed all over the field. And then he goes into the details. Of, well, uh, some of the, some of the uh, field is not very good for, for planting. There's the hard path where the birds come and eat it. There's the shallow soil where, you know, the seed takes off, but where there's no depth to the, to the roots because of the rocky soil, it, it, it scorches and dies. And the same thing with the plants, you know, uh, around the weeds. Uh, the weeds grow up amongst them and choke it and they die. But then there's the good soil. I guess my first question is, how do you find that good soil? Uh, the, the, the sower, here's the thing I thought about, the sower throws it everywhere. The, the sower just flings it, right? He, he flings it wherever. And so wherever you have an opportunity, I think we need to come to that place where even a risky thought, you might be sitting in an airplane flying with someone you don't know and you strike up a conversation and you might have that opportunity to ask. So, you know, do you believe in God? You know, have you ever heard of Jesus? You know, that's risky, Oh, man, Any, anybody feel nervous already just thinking about that? And the, I understand that. I understand that. 
there is something about this church in the beginnings of, of, of Acts chapter 2 and the excitement of knowing the freedom that they have in Christ now. The excitement of now no longer lingering over this condemnation. You see, I know there's this command, hey, go and do. But I, I, I just see this sense of, man, the privilege and the wonder of being able to express and, and to share with others what you found. You know, the joy of knowing Jesus. So part of that is, is being able to pray and, and, and prepare ourselves to do that, to take that gospel message and to, to be able to fling it. Do think about those people today who, who you ought to be sharing with. The second approach to spreading the gospel is this, uh, and, and, and is absolutely uh, something that, that we need to know and understand. This might help take the edge off. Because I already asked, well, how do you feel about that? Well, you feel burdened all of a sudden. And, oh, man, that weight is just taking me down. Oh, i got to go share. Well, there is that place. And I believe these men knew this uh, very well. And is that place of depending upon God because he's involved in this. Depend on God to open hearts. You're not alone when you go and share the gospel. You're not alone when you go and share that gospel of Jesus Christ. Take that weight off. Uh, matter of fact, the truth is, you don't save anybody. Right? Isn't that true? I, if I tell you, go out and win souls, yeah, you could turn around and say, that's not my job. And that's true. You're not called to go, you didn't die for anybody, right? We're talking about Jesus. What, what do we do? Hey, share his story, though. Jesus did die for everyone, your neighbors, everyone, your family, everyone in this community throughout the world. Jesus died on their behalf. And there's people who just don't know it, ignorant of it, and, and need to be told. We need to depend upon them. In, the, in verse 14, the last part of verse 14, as, as they are sharing with these ladies who are out for prayer, he, it, the, the scripture says, the Lord opened Lydia's heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. The Lord opened Lydia's heart. That ought to be part of our evangelizing is prayer, right? You wake up in the morning and say, God, I don't know who I'm going to run in today, but if I have that opportunity to share the gospel, prepare their hearts. Prepare their hearts. Open their hearts. Boy, I want to, I want to preach to the cultivated ground, right? No rocks, no thorns. That'd be great. But still, our responsibility is to spread it everywhere. And, and as we do, we're going to find that good soil. Someone who's going to ask questions and engage and even begin to listen and, and uh, might even be encouraged to read the scriptures themselves and come to that place of identifying and loving Jesus. Recently, recently I think about people who, who come and have their hearts open before the Lord. Recently, we as a congregation have enjoyed several men, actually three men, who, who've come, and, and they're the ones who, at the, at the end of the service, say, hey, anyone here? We've done that for months, and, and no response. Are you ever sitting there thinking, why is he doing that? And then someone in the back is going like this, you know, and we baptized Cord that day. And then the next week, Daniel's doing the same thing, and, and, and we had the opportunity to baptize Daniel. And there's another... another a uh, man who just this week on Thursday night, we baptized 
baptize a man who's part of a discipleship group. And, and all three of those guys, I will, I will honestly tell you, all three of those guys had their hearts prepared to listen as they came in the door. They, they, they were attentive to God. And, and we were privileged to be here and to, to share the gospel with them and to, to encourage them in the word. And so they were ready and prepared to jump forward and say, they, on that day they received Christ. That was, that was great. Were you excited? <laughs> Wasn't that fun to be a part of that? Uh, and, and their enthusiasm right now has just got me pumped. Uh, to, to be around someone who, who's just newly received Christ, is walking in the Lord, and has all kinds of questions. Oh, man, give me more of that. Are you with me? If we want more of that, guess what? Because I think there's more. I, I can't help but think that there's more people out there, just like they are, maybe at that place of searching, and they need that answer. And, and, and so, what a great thing to pray about. In the morning, maybe, maybe we have some people in mind. Lord, I, for a while I've been wanting to talk to this person at work or this person in my neighborhood. God, prepare the soil. Prepare, and whether, whether the, you know, we're not going to know whether the soil's prepared or not unless we're, we're presenting them with a the seed. Hey, they could turn us down and reject us. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, we don't do it aggressively. We're, we're not doing it any. We're doing it with all compassion and, and, and with a sense of mercy about us, right? We're not doing it. We're not out twisting arms. Again, that's not our responsibility is to win souls, not to force anybody into that relationship with Christ. That's not the way it's set up. It, it's about people who are ready and prepared to hear and receive that message. And there's people, I do believe there's people in our community who don't frequent the church that are ready to hear that gospel message. The final approach. The final approach is this. Every convert has connections to others who need to hear the gospel. Everyone who comes to Christ, that, that is, everyone who comes to Christ is going to have a, a, you know, that realm of influence you know, friends, neighbors, I said that earlier in the first point. There's people they're in connect, connection with that, that will be able to hear about Jesus because of you, because of that convert. Uh, look at this. Uh, You've got to notice this as we're walking through the book of Acts. There's a few times that we hear not only is, is Lydia converted and, and baptized, but her whole household is baptized as well. Wouldn't that be cool? We've, we've done that before. Uh, I remember the Romero family when, uh, you know, mom and dad and, and son all came forward that Sunday and we, we were able to baptize the Romero family. The whole household came forward that day. And, and in, in the cases of Acts, we've seen it in, with Cornelius. You know, here comes Peter. God said, you know, this man's coming to share the gospel. And so Cornelius, boy, invites I, I think it was his household plus others that he's inviting into. So, so Peter comes to a whole a house full of people who are ready to hear and attentive to hear what he has to say. He begins preaching and the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And he says, oh my goodness, what prevents us from baptizing all these people? And so the whole household received Christ. Same thing for Lydia. And, and later next week we're going to see the whole, the whole thing happen again with the Philippian jailer. The whole household, uh, 
so, so what is it? Is it because of Lydia's decision that everybody else, okay, Lydia made this decision on our behalf? Cornelius made this decision on our behalf? Next week, oh, because uh, dad received Christ, then we're all going to, we have no idea why, but now we're all saved. No, I don't think that's what it, that, I don't think that's happened at all. It basically means they all have the opportunity to hear the gospel as, as well. Matter of fact, in Lydia's case, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing and thinking that, that what happened is Lydia was there plus a lot of those in her household. Her family was there with her and maybe even her servants. Whoever made up her household was there with her had the opportunity to hear the story. When Lydia moved forward, you know, there's one spark, and then all of a sudden igniting, others are saying, me too. And so the whole household came to believe in Jesus. It was for them to choose. Are you going to say yes to Jesus? Are you going to receive that salvation through, uh, through his saving grace? It was, it was that great opportunity uh, to receive Christ. How are we doing? When we have new converts, I mean, it's that opportunity to pray for, encourage, equip them in sharing with their family, with their neighbors. How do we get into your neighborhood? Who do you see that you're sharing your story with? All those things uh, that, that we have an opportunity. Uh, we, we need to be a church that is alive. Alive, alive in Jesus, Right? I mean, we, could, we could be alive in fellowship. Oh, that's great. Yay, fellowship. If that's all that we've come together for, then we're really dead. It's to, it is to be alive in Jesus Christ. Because that's where we get life. Through what he did for us on the cross. We need to be a, a church that, that has a purpose. I, I, I will encourage you with this again. I mentioned this before that the elders are talking. We're doing some reviewing. And, and matter of fact, it was said amongst the elders that, man, this is one area we could really grow in. So in this next year, I think that we're going to do some specific things to help, to help our congregation be more involved in sharing the gospel with friends and family and with, with those around us into our neighborhoods and, and be more active in doing that. So please pray up our leadership. Please, please pray up uh, uh, those ideas and thoughts in doing that. For this reason, that all of us, and maybe that's where we start as leadership, all of us needs to take that first step in sharing the gospel with someone else. All of us need to take that, that precious gospel uh, to those in our community. We need to, just to go through those things, we need to start by looking uh, for those who are going to listen. That's going to be our family. That's going to be neighbors. That's going to be those that we're acquainted with and, and able to share. Even if we're, we were in sinfulness and, and hurt some feelings, now we need to share with them that, 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 that forgiveness we have in Jesus Christ. We have that opportunity. Also, we need to know that God is at work uh, within us. You know, take the burden off your shoulders. Know that God is wanting us and is going to be there for us and be working upon their lives, catching their attention, drawing their attention. It's not for us to twist arms or, or force anyone into this, but it is for us to, to definitely just share the message so that they know. And then to know that through every convert, there's, a, there's, there's more people who are going to be attentive to his word. 
going to be, that gospel is going to be shared with that network of people, acquaintances that they know. God is good. Okay? Let me ask you one question before we close. Are you all comfortable? Anybody comfortable? Yeah, a little too comfortable. Okay, my daughter is honest. <laughs> we can become, and I think that's, that really is something that we need to weigh. Uh, I, I, I really believe that we need to be uncomfortable because the gospel calls us to things that takes us definitely out of our comfort zone. We are called, like Jesus, to seek and to save the lost. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you for your word. Lord, and we definitely want to be stretched. We don't want to, uh, we don't want to go through this life just uh, enjoying your salvation while others are, are dying in their condemnation and their sinfulness. Father, help us. Uh, matter of fact, I even think about Jeremiah, you know, that, that fire within him, that, that he just couldn't hold it within. Lord, I pray there's a fire within this church, a, a desire uh, to to share this gospel with others and that we're un you make us uncomfortable father definitely if if we're withholding it lord help us to sp to speak the the name of jesus to others around us help us to share that gospel and and lord lead us uh to to even sharing our own story about our our life in christ god you're good to us we praise you for the salvation that we have we praise you for the freedom uh, from our sinfulness. And Lord, we praise you that uh, this, this morning we get to do this together, to worship together, to be challenged together, and, and to go out into this world together to let the world know that Jesus is, our, is available for their salvation. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.